Good evening and welcome into another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Dana Shopped on C70 at the bat at C70 on Twitter. Alan Medlock, usually with me, out on assignment again. Uh, the, the new job has him with a few new responsibilities, so he's missing again in action this week. But I have joining me, last week we had the guys from Cardinals Off Day. This time we have the guys from the Turn In Two podcast. We have the man you know as Dylan Dinger on Twitter and Tito Rivera, who's a Triveratops on Twitter as well. Guys, thanks for joining me tonight. Hey, thanks for uh, having us in, Dan, Yule, and um, thanks for thanks for uh, <laughs> having your uh, podcast health screen us before we entered. I'm good. I don't know about Tito, but we are here. Yeah, thanks, Dan, for ha- having us. And I won't mess up your name. <laughs> I don't know. I've always found it very interesting to have my name into, you know, two drawn out syllables. It's very, very interesting. Um, we are, of course, a week out from the decision uh, for the Cardinals to let go of Mike Schilt. Um, Tito, we'll start with you. And I know y'all have probably y'all have covered it on, on the podcast and things of that nature. But um, just to kind of set the scene how did that hit you and what's your major feeling behind it you know i I, it's weird um whenever you're sitting at work you know on a what felt like a very boring uh thursday afternoon or wednesday was it thursday last week or so thursday Thursday, yeah. Thursday, yeah. So when you're sitting at work on a boring Thursday afternoon and out of the blue, um, Dylan Dinger sends me a text message saying, um, you know, Mike, they let Mike Schilt go. What the heck is going on? Um, I kind of had to do like a 30-second stare at my phone and, and just make sure that mm-hmm. I was actually seeing what I was actually seeing. I even looked at – Jeff Passan's, you know, Twitter handle just to make sure that the blue check mark was actually a blue check mark and not one of those fake blue, you know, yep. symbols or the sevens. And, I, you know, it, it just came as a, as an absolute stunner. Um, I think that's really the only word I, I have ever described it as uh, absolutely stunning. And um, I'm, you know, I'm still not even sure I'm recovered from it. I know it's been. Uh, a little bit of time now, but it still just seems kind of surreal that the Cardinals actually fired Mike Schilt um, even after everything that happened this year. Yeah, DD, what do you what are you thinking? What were your thoughts as it as it came out? Uh, about the same way, I uh, had to stare at the uh, the official Twitter handle of Jeff. And uh, just stare at it for a few seconds, and my initial reaction was, "Hey, let's let's run and uh, let Tito know before anything else." You know, I got to keep got to keep the my uh, right hand man knowing what's going on. But yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a shock. Um, but uh, a lot of, I mean, it's still not still not set in, and it won't obviously for a while. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, um, we're not going to have answers ever on the actual reasoning. So. Right, which allows us to just wildly speculate um, ad nauseum, and that's what the Cardinals get. If they didn't want people to speculate, they could have actually told us what philosophical differences mean. Uh, well, I'll go back to you, Didi. Um, what do you, I mean, if you had to pick a reason, and I figure there's a multitude of reasons that went into this, what's the one that leads in your clubhouse? 
Um, one reason, yeah. I would think it was just um, – it's going to be long and drawn out, but mm-hmm. what what I told Tito is I think that Mike Schilt went against the numbers all year. And I think they said – I think it came down to essentially – now, I'm probably wrong, of course, as usual, but you know, I think I think the the front office put Tyler O'Neill in the third spot, and when it all unfolded, mm-hmm. you know, um, they kind of said, "Hey, yeah, we're, we're done with you," and um, because I, I don't feel, to me, I don't feel that if this was a Mike Schilt thing to do, to put him in the three hole, and then all of a sudden they rack off 17 straight, we would be in that same position. That's just my thoughts, though, but I am wrong. I think I think that's there's something to be said for that i don't know if that if i go with the the front office putting him there but i wouldn't be saying that they didn't either um because they have had a hand in a lot of things like that tito if you were going to pick one reason after we've had a week to kind of stew on it what are you thinking i think it comes down to um a simple matter of the fact that i don't think the cardinals uh believe they can get to the promised land with Mike Schilt. And the reason I say that is, is, um, you know, in the, in the in, uh, earlier episode of the Turning Two podcast, you know, we talked about whether Mike Schilt was the guy after uh, one of those brutal losses to the Pittsburgh Pirates in, in late August. And I, I go back and I think about that moment um, now that this has played out. And I think to myself that, the Cardinals make this move solely on the fact that they just truly don't think um, Mike Schilt is the guy to, to carry them uh, to the postseason, um, into the late postseason, and through the postseason for a World Series win. Um, and, and, you know, you can disguise that as philosophical differences, uh, but I, I just truly think that there is some, you know, inkling that. Mo and Co. Um, just didn't believe that Mike Schilt could could take them where they needed to be. Because um, you got to think about it this way. I mean, I think there was a recent stat here that said, you know, um, that the Cardinals had, you know, like less than what? So like 20% of their starts come from their uh, projected one through five in their rotation and still won 90 mm-hmm. games. Um, is that all Mike Schilt? No. I think his I think the roster definitely helped out there uh, a lot more than Mike Schilt did because look at what look at those losses. If you go back and look at the losses that Mike Schilt caused with the bullpen management and ultimately um the decision to send Alex Reyes out in the in the ninth inning in a high pressure situation and and not get through the wild card game. Uh, I just I just truly think my sole reasoning is that Mo and Co. don't did not think that Mike Schilt was the guy to take them um, t- to the to the promised land and beyond, and that's and I think there's there must be something to some of that as well. What I continue to harp on, and I've written about it at, at the blog and on the Substack, um, and it, and I probably should it's probably you know one of these obsessions that I'm having now, but just the general lack of any kind of courtesy i guess in the press release and the comments that i mean mo made some maybe made some lip service to to what mike shield had done but you know mike shield has been there 18 years and he didn't even get a you know a thanks for the service pat on the back on in the in the press release and that i think there's a lot of things that have come up but there was something in that last week that just turned them on the dime um i i don't know if they were going to give him an extension at, at all but I feel like they found out something, I, whatever it may be, whether it's he was going against things a little bit more blatantly than they expected or, or what, I, I just still think that there's something to that. I mean, does that make any sense or does that sound crazy and paranoid? No, I, I think it makes complete sense. I think I even told, um, you know, dinghy on a, on a phone call. I said, I, I'm, I'd be willing to bet that that meeting that they had on that Friday before um, (laughs) some insults were were hurled. And I'm not going to say like what kind of insults, but I I just think something was said to the point where um, there was no turning back. Um, And, and I, and, you know, 
I know Mike Schilt handled his press conference with class and he, you know, he thanked the Cardinals organization. He thanked John Moselock, you know, but that one line that stood, stood out to me from his press conference, you know, um, was that we ended on as professional friends. Right. Um, and that's just pretty much him saying, you know, we decided to, uh, be bigger men about this and say, you know what, this is the end of our professional relationship. Uh, but when you do say those things, um, it also gives the inkling that, um, your personal relationship with that person is also, uh, kaput. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And I think you're probably right. The, what stood out to me, DD, and I don't know if there's something else that maybe you got out of what, what he said, was that Mike Schilt said something to the effect of he gave everything to the organization, even at the cost of his career, uh, or he put the organization first, uh, even ahead of his career or something like that. Um, that kind of sounds like, you know, there was, there's been some talk about the Cardinals losing their way, losing, you know, some of their ties tradition and stuff. It kind of sounds like maybe Mike Schilt tried to take up that banner and he didn't get very far. Yeah, I don't, I think it was it was what you referenced on the firing of Mike Matheny and the firing of Mike Schilt that kind of mm-hmm. just stuck out to me the most. Um, and, yeah, I, I really do – something had to happen. I mean, you know, they let Matheny go for so long, mm-hmm. and they just pulled the plug on Schilt. Now, whether that be, you know – them not liking some of the decisions that he was wanting or, or what, I, I'm not sure. But obviously it was to some seriousness that they're not even going to reference in any press conference, which um, like like Tito said, I, I think some, some words were probably said and uh, that ultimately pushed it over over the edge. Um, but I've seen, I've seen stuff, uh, him saying that uh, – or people saying that, uh, you know, him asking for help and the front office not uh, getting much. I mean, granted, you know, those elderly arms they did get did 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 well for us, I would say. Right. Um, right. But, um, I mean, yeah, I it's a tough situation, obviously. But I, it, the way the team ended, there had to be something else going on that that we'll never know. I, I do yeah. want to point one thing out, Dan, if I may. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And that was something from what you actually said, you know, how Mike Schilt kind of said, I laid everything out on the line. Uh, to me, that feels very um, kind of like, lo- uh, kind of like showing up Mo, you know, one last time. I'm not sure that he, you know, if he means it to come across that way, but it's like, but you, you know, if you're, if you're in a relationship with somebody, a, you know, personal relationship with somebody and you know, that it all abruptly ends, you're, you want to put, stick it to them and say, look, I did everything that you asked of me. And it was almost like, I don't want to say a cry for help because obviously it's not necessarily help he's asking for, but it was almost like a, you know, like your last stand of, this is what this has meant to me. And as you, so as you rightly pointed out, as him saying, um, you know, this was, uh, you know, this was the Cardinals were more important to me than my own career, you know, which, you know, it's, it's him basically saying, I've been your boy for these last 18 years. And how are you going to do me like this? Uh, and, and that's where I, why I think, um, something had to have been said um, that there was no turning back. Um, and then, you know, to, to, to Dylan's Dylan Dinger's point about the, the trading and whatnot, Mo has been a very, very vocal person about the trade rumors and all that stuff this year, more than ever. And he flat out told the media, it's not happening. He told everybody it wasn't going to happen. And I don't think that was just for the fans' sake. I think he was telling Mike Schilt that um, because he couldn't get it across to Mike Schilt in any other way. So he tells he told Mike Schilt over the, the radio saying, look, that's not happening, so I'm going to get you whatever I can. But I can't blame Mo for wanting to, you know, not wanting to spend prospects just for – you know, for two months of relief from a starting pitcher that, you know, may not even re-sign with the team. 
And it's, it, I mean, if, if we go with that scenario and I think that's reasonable, I think there's something to a little bit of that, but it's a little bit surprising given how Mike Schilt has come up through the organization, you know, he's managed at all the different levels. Dylan, Dylan Dinger's probably, were you watching Springfield when he was there? I'm sure. But the thing is, is they rotate managers yeah. and it's so, you know, he doesn't know who he is. That's fine. Yeah, I don't. I still don't know who he is. I won't. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah. but anyway, I mean, he's come up with that. He knows. Not only does he know the prospects, and not only does he know some of these guys. Although, you know, as we're getting into maybe some of the, now that he's been on the major league roster for three or four years, maybe we're getting out of that ones that he knew, you know, personally. But he knew he knows what the minor leagues is for, and he knows how important it is to, you know to then go and, if he did, um, lobby to trade a Nolan Gorman or something like that for, for this year. Um, I mean, one would be way out of character for anybody in the Cardinal organization. He had to know that. But also a little bit surprising given his familiarity and his background coming up through the minors. I mean, this isn't a guy that just, you know, kind of, you know, you could almost understand it with like a Mike Matheny type because he never mm-hmm. spent any time down there and everything. Um, but a guy like Schilt, it, it would be surprising. Again, not saying that he didn't do it because that would make sense, but um, a little bit surprising if he went that route. What do you think? Yeah, to me, to me, terminating somebody after 18 years and giving, a, giving them a uh, two paragraphs and a press release um, mm-hmm. is kind of different, especially when they've dedicated their, I mean, their entire adulthood essentially to the, the organization. Um, now real quick, I just saw this pop up. Um, Dennis Lynn, a Padres writer said that Schilt is going to interview for the Padres managerial position this weekend per uh, sources. Hmm. So hate to throw that in there, but, um, I just saw that. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Um, cause you're right with a guy like Matheny who, played here and then was a, just a manager here, but a guy that's come from the bottom and worked his all the way, worked his way all the way to the top. Um, essentially just to be told, huh? Oh, thank you for, for your time. We'll see you later. Yeah, it was, it was strange. Now, Tito, as DD mentioned there, you know, um, the Padres for Schilt, how well do you think Mike Schilt will work in a different organization? One that he's not necessarily truly familiar with. I mean, obviously he's got baseball throughout his career and held throughout his life. Um, but he has spent so much time, you know, with the Cardinal way. How mm-hmm. does that translate going into if he got the job in San Diego? Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a couple of ways you, you can approach that. And, I think a lot, you know, a lot of the times when we hear um, people talk about the Cardinal way, uh, other and other teams trying to emulate that, um, it would make sense for a team like the Padres to bring in some of that um, old school mentality to a new school kind of way of, of team. Um, maybe to stabilize the ship, maybe to stabilize some of the uh, star power that they have there and, and have cooler heads prevail. Cause Mike Schilt is a very level headed person. And until he gets angry at an umpire and says, you effed up. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I think there's something to be said there in, in that particular regards that, you know, Mike Schilt comes from comes from a not I wouldn't say a super old school, but old school enough to the point where uh, we deem him as a pioneer, not a pioneer, but a a torch carrier for the for the Cardinal Way. Um, and so, why wouldn't somebody from a team that has a lot of potential uh, snag somebody that has been on a winning team that knows what it takes to win? Um, ha- has been in an organization that continuously wins, right? Um, but at the same time, you know, I-, I just wonder if they're going to ask the question, what really happened? Uh, because of the mysteriousness surrounding all of this, um, you know, if-, if the Cardinals or if the Padres were so sure that Mike Schilt can win, 
Um, how is it that a team that the Cardinal, like a, like the Cardinals, can't see the same thing? Um, so there's going to be a lot of questions asked about Mike Schill and, and whether what happened there. Why does he truly believe feel you know feel that he was let go from the team? Um, and do I think he could be successful with the Padres? I think so. I mean, there's no reason to to say that he can't. Um, but what I think he's going to be bringing in that's more important than anything else at this point is experience. He now has what three full seasons under his belt as an MLB manager. And, um, I don't think Jace Tingler had any prior to, uh, being appointed the manager of the Padres. Um, so Mike Schilt's going to be carrying a lot of experience with a very, uh, uh, win now ready team. Um, but they, you know, the Padres are not without their questions either. So there's a lot of, there's a lot to answer, but I think Mike Schilt could be successful there. I, I, you know, I honestly, I hope he gets an opportunity. Uh, anywhere really um and if it's with the padres so be it um i you know i expect him back in San- when he comes uh, to st louis as a padre then yeah i think it would be nice to see him get another opportunity and it's a, probably a really good odd chance to see him with an opportunity of somebody we don't see all the time right i mean you kind of hate for him to go you know manage the cubs or something like that um have to if he is successful, have to deal with him all the time. Uh, Didi, what do you think? Do you think he can handle, I mean, we talked about it last week on the show about maybe San Diego or, you know, the San Diego jobs open. New York is open. I can't see Mike Schilt in New York, but I think I could see him in San Diego, uh, depending on his, you know, uh, abilities with analytics. And that's an issue that we could bring up. But what do you think about San Diego? Yeah, I mean, I really would love to see, love, love to see Mike Schilt in those, those brown unis. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think, I think he he's a he's a he's a player's manager. All in all, he's a player's mm-hmm. manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and St. Louis has, I'm going to use this lightly, has older superstars. Um, now you move to San Diego, and they've kind of got a younger. Superstar core there with Tatis Machado, um, so I mean I, I I can definitely see it happening. Um, uh, obviously, I don't know the situation with the front office and you know the on field stuff, but I, I think that I think that he would succeed there. Um, but you reference New York. The only reason why I could see New York is it's close to his his, his actual home, um, mm. and I mean all in all though. I, I think he wouldn't give the correct answers to the media that they're wanting. Right. He would have to adjust too much. I think San Diego puts him in a role that he can have success at, but it's not front and center like on the East Coast where they want their answers right now. And um, I think it'd be a good fit all in all. Yeah, plus the Mets are the Mets, you know, and they've got to hire like half their front office before they can hire a manager anyway. So um, that should be – fun to see so we've talked about mike shield going somewhere else who's coming in after him we've heard some names we've heard you know marmol's name and clap and you have skip schumacher coming over from the padres we've heard about maybe carlos beltran um tito do you have a favorite do you have an expectation do you have a name that's out of the blue what what are you thinking on the next manager yeah, I, I do have a favorite. Um, I actually said this on our last uh, podcast episode that I have it. I have a friend who's got a, a source in the uh, in the organization that's saying that Ali Marmol is uh, is the likely candidate here. Um, uh, this this person was former groundskeeper. Um, at Bush Stadium, so they still have sources within the, in the club, and that that person is, is the likely person. Uh, Ali Marmol is the likely person to be the manager for the Cardinals, um, and that and that I pair that with what Mike Schilt did at his press conference. I don't remember, and, and you guys can back me up on this one, but I don't recall uh, Mike Schilt singling out anybody else like he did with Ali Mar- Ali Marmol in his press conference, and that that definitely stood out to me. Um, what are my expectations? I, I thought it was going to be an internal candidate. Did I necessarily want that? Probably not. 
um, mainly because I, I don't know a lot about Ollie Marmol. Um, I also don't know a lot about Stubby Clap, and I thought if there was an internal candidate, he was going to be the choice. Um, but after what Mike Schultz said and then what I heard over the weekend, it was almost a double down on everything. And so Ali Marmol is, is more than likely going to be that guy. Um, as for a candidate that I wanted out of the blue, um, I threw this at, at, at Dinger um, on the podcast episode whenever this all came out. Um, and, and I got and I know this is going to probably, you're probably going to say, is that, are you saying the right name? But I would really love to see AJ Hinch, uh, come to the Cardinals. I know that's probably not a very popular, uh, name given the scandal and all that. Uh, but I really think he's a really good manager and I I think he would do really well here. And plus there's a a Carlos Correa connection that I want to exploit as bad as I can. So I'm going to take it and a Jeff Albert, uh, connection there too uh yeah that that is an op that would be out of the blue you're right um now he's he is managing in detroit right yes we would have to steal (laughs) 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 i'm i'm all for it i'm not i'm not putting it beneath me (laughs) um and i mean you know i'd say the cardinals would never do that but i'd also say the cardinals would never fired milk shield so you know i think we're in a whole uncharted territory here madden or uh, dylan dinger i forgot i went with your old name um what do you what are you thinking next manager i think all in all uh, i think it's probably gonna be marmol at the end of the day um mm-hmm. that wouldn't be my first choice of course i mean i, I think i think 60 to 75 percent of the cardinal fan base wants somebody that has experience um after dealing with mike Matheny, um and now Mike Schilt, you know, we've not had somebody in that that has come from a managerial role since Tony Larusa. And yeah. um, at first, I thought it was going to be Stubby Clap. I mean, he had great success in AAA, um, but all these signs are just pointing to Marmol. And at the end of the day, I mean, I hate to not point fingers at the front office, but I think they are looking for a guy who will do what they want. Not something that he can have his own position down on the field, but a guy that they can go to and say, hey, we want this to happen, and they're going to do it. I I just think there's a big separation there between what the front office wanted to do and what Mike Schilt wanted to do. And he didn't like that. Mo didn't like it. And at the end of the day, now that's what they're looking for. We need a guy who is going to take what we say and put it into put it into a plan. And um, – if Marmol is wrapped around analytics, like you know, the everybody's saying, then absolutely because they are they're throwing it all in on uh, Jeff Albert, and mm-hmm. you know I know people will harp and harp and harp on Jeff Albert, but you know um, Nick Plummer. Whenever I talk to him, he gave him tons of tons of praise, you know, and and I'm not saying this is it, but you know Juan Yepes, I. You know, I just think there's things that are coming into fruition that we're not seeing seeing right away, and I don't know. I think we're going all analytics, and uh, I think you know at the end of the day, Marmol is probably going to be that guy. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's pretty clear, not only for the analytics that the Cardinals have have liked Marmol for a long time. I mean, you know, ever since he left his playing days, you know, put him into that managing role really quickly, or you know. Um, and he moved up the ladder very quickly and they put it and then, you know, they installed him as bench coach, just like they did with Mike Schilt for Mike Matheny. And so there is, uh, you know, the expectation, I think that it's, it's there that he would do that. Um, I, I, I think that well, there's been a lot of talking, like you said, and, and I want to maybe say it in a slightly different way. And I think it makes a little bit of difference. I think they want somebody that is truly on the same page as him. Like you said, I, it's, a lot of people are saying they want somebody that they can tell what to do. I think they want somebody that they don't have to tell what to do because everybody's thinking the same way, mm-hmm. um, which is a slight difference. Um, I do think that with Marmol's, you know, comfortableness with analytics, and, and again, Mike Schilt was comfortable with at least some analytics. We saw the the changes from 
from Mike Miffini to Mike Schilt were huge in that regard, right? With shifts and, you know, some of the platoon issues, but not, you know, they could have gone farther. And I think that's what the Cardinals want to do. And, and maybe that, that Schilt didn't. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the case. Go ahead. Sorry. And that that's what, that's where I, because I, I mean, just like you and probably everybody else, you know, we're just going to keep going back and forth on what really happened here. And that's yeah. what, that's where I sit there and I'm trying to process things. And I'm wondering to myself if, if Jeff Albert or somebody up front was saying, Hey, let's put Tyler O'Neill here. The numbers are pointing towards this because it doesn't make like, unless something was just, you know, really bad. Something really bad was said at their little meeting on that Friday. Tell me on what planet you take a team to 17 straight wins and you're going to immediately fire them after the season's over. It just doesn't add up to me. And that's why I feel like somebody said, hey, let's try this. We're, we're moving quickly out of this. Let's see what we can do. And it worked because, I mean, let's be real. If that happened, there's no way they would have canned him. I, I'm sorry. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I, I like it. You know, like I said, from what I've seen, it kind of, and I saw somebody suggest this, it kind of fits a little bit the idea that Mike Schilt, you know, actively went against whatever the, you know, the Cardinals said, Hey, we, we want to do X, Y, Z. And mm-hmm. he basically went to the players and said, we're not going to do that. You know, we're going to do this. And even if it was successful in that regard, I don't see the Cardinals standing for that. And it would make sense for the, you know, if they, if that came to their attention, like, you know, maybe they're talking to a player at the end of the season and they're saying, Hey, you know, you know, this is what we, he was telling us. And then it's like, you know, that's it. That's enough there. You know, it's that, that disloyalty is probably the, the thing that we get him can the most. So um, again, I honestly, I expect like January or February, Ken Rosenthal or Jason, you know, one of the major writers is going to have some sort of breakdown on this with their sources and such, and we'll get a clearer picture. But until then, yeah, it's just a lot of speculation. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's talk about some other guys. Let's uh, you know, talk about some guys that are either free agents or are possibilities not to be a Cardinal next year. And I want to ask both of you whether you think they're going to be back or not. Okay. And let's start with, let's start with the guys that kind of helped out of that bullpen. Let's, let's go with uh, Luis Garcia to start with. Um, obviously, you know, came over, was a great help to the bullpen. Uh, Tito, is he back? And do you want him back? Yes and yes. I think, um, you know, I, I kept saying it while they were going on this run. Um, and I tweeted it a couple of different times. I said, how could you possibly, if you're the Yankees, or any team for that matter, how could you possibly let somebody go that throws 98, 99, almost 100 uh, with movement and has a devastating um, slider uh, that can be thrown as a strike? Um, this guy reminds me a lot of, uh, of Jordan Hicks in a way. Doesn't nearly throw as hard as Jordan Hicks, but you also have a, a, a guy that... Um, that can be a can be a stop stopper when you need it most. Um, and if there's a guy that you know, and I said this, you know, late in the season too, um, you know, if there's a, if the closer needs a day off, you need to have somebody that can can step in and, and take care of the game. Um, and, and I envision Luis Garcia in that role. Um, and and if you know if Jordan Hicks were healthy this last year. Uh, could you imagine the bullpen of a Garcia in the seventh or Cabrera in the seventh, a Gallegos in the eighth to stop and hold it, and then Hicks coming in to, to finish off the ninth inning? Um, I just don't know if there would have been a, a better back end of a bullpen going into the playoffs this year. Uh, so, yeah, I, I want him back. DD, what do you think? Oh, yeah, I bring him back, especially what he showed you. Um, first time on the Cardinals, I'd have him back in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think my only hesitation, and my hesitation is also this extends to not only him but also TJ McFarland, who we'll talk about here in a minute, um, is how 
volatile relievers can be in general. And I would be more likely to bring Garcia back than, than McFarlane. Cause I do think his stuff is probably a little bit more repeatable, but you know, there is that, you know, did we get the best out of him? Do you, you know, sell high type of thing? Um, hopefully not. And I, th- I think they do bring him back and I think he'll be fine, but that's, that's my only hesitation. And I'll, and I'll, then we'll just go ahead and shift into McFarlane, a little bit different situation, a little bit older. Well, they're both kind of older, um, but obviously with different approach. Uh, Didi, again, do you bring him back and do you think they will? Well, I, I, at this point in time, what's a, what, what's a, what's the harm in bringing somebody at least to spring training? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, he gave you a little bit and I mean, upgrade from Andrew Miller. So, um, I mean, I, I'd give him a shot. Absolutely. He'll be cheaper than Andrew Miller was for sure. There's nothing, no <laughs> doubt about that. Tito, Tito, what do you think? I, I think I'm in agreement here too. I think for me, um, you, you're losing Andrew Miller is, is as a left-hander and, you know, cap tip to Andrew Miller. Thanks for it, but no, thank you. Um, <laughs> but I, I think here, here's where this whole, uh, this reliever volatility that you're speaking of, right? The Cardinals have been very, very hit and miss in the reliever market, especially when it comes to left-handed pitchers. Um, and obviously Brett Cecil and Andrew Miller being the la- the latest versions of that. Um, TJ McFarland showed that he can still pitch and that he can, and he can be very effective. I mean, what he was a ground ball inducer, kind of like Mark Zipchinski, um, in 2011, whenever you needed him, he was he was there to mop up and, and do the dirty work. Um, the only thing you know, the only thing that I, I you know I would be concerned about is is he a true left hander? Uh, the the loogie, right? Um, is he a Ooh, true wow. left handed person that gets those left handers out at all costs? And do you have that person outside of uh, um, Genesis Cabrera? Um, so I think, you know, you, you look at that, you also have to decide whether or not KK is coming back. And if KK is not in the starting rotation, which I don't think he would be, would he be in that reliever role as a left-handed mop-up? Um, if it's me, I think I go the cheaper option and I bring McFarlane back as well. I think they both him and Garcia did enough to, to merit a, a longer look for sure. My only other concern with those two guys is, you know, they kind of, I don't want to say struggled, but they were definitely hit a little bit more in the last month or so. You know, is that, was that overused? Were they just getting tired? I think that's a very good possibility, but you know, if, is it the league kind of figuring them out too? Um, So yeah, I I think they probably, like DD said, there's, it's no harm to bring them in to at least spring training. Um, You know, they're not going to get, huge offers from anybody. I mean, Garcia might get a little bit of a look now that he's proven it. Uh, I, I still think McFarland's one of those guys you can get for, you know, kind of pretty much kind of like a veteran minimum type of thing. It's still a couple million dollars, but. Um, Which is a very cardinal did, move. It's a very yeah. cardinal move. Yeah. Try to get some, some value out of a guy like that. Um, you did mention KK. That was where I was going next. Um, the KK situation is really kind of interesting. Of course, you know, he's the only team he's ever known is the Cardinals. He spent, you know, he had a pandemic for half his first year and he spent it, you know, kind of hanging out in St. Louis, throwing the ball without a point, right? Um, but it really seemed like at the end of the year, when they moved him to the rotation, they didn't necessarily do it in the most graceful way. Uh, and he really, he got his feathers ruffled and that's, kind of understandable. I mean, he didn't come over to be a reliever, um, even though it was probably the best place for him. Um, Tito, does KK come back? Does he, if he doesn't, is he uh, staying in the major leagues or does he go back over uh, to Korea? If he, if he doesn't come back to the Cardinals, I definitely think he goes back to Korea. I mean, um, his, you know, it's, I, I think his family was only over here the one time for that one game, mm-hmm. um, which was very heartwarming for him, I'm sure. And, and gracious enough for the Cardinals to, to get that to happen. Um, 
but I, I just don't know if there's a spot on the team for him at this point. Um, at some point, you you know, if if the if they do find a, a spot for him, it's going to be a one year deal, and I'm not sure KK is going to want to do that. Um, I, mainly because you you know if we're if we're bringing back McFarlane and you've got Henesis Cabrera, you've already got two left handers in there. Uh, don't forget that Matthew Libertor is is knocking on the doorstep as well, and he's left handed. So you know there's a lot of competing arms in there that are that are younger or more valuable for the Cardinals to have um, than than uh, KK. Would it be nice to have a left hander in the rotation immediately? I think so. But um, not at the expense of somebody that, you know, at times was injured a lot last season, too, um, and was not as effective as he was the prior year. Yeah. Um, yep. I think, we, I think, yeah, his internet kind of gave out, I feel. But, um, yeah. I mean, I'll just piggyback anyway, on top of that. You know, he just, he, did you guys not that. hear what I said? No, we got most of it. internet we got the, is the worst. Yeah, tell me about it. We, I think we missed the last little bit. We got the, we got the gist of it. Um, okay, yeah. And, well, don't bring yeah. KK back. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Didi, you you wanted to keep going on that? Yeah, I don't think they. I don't think they end up bringing him back. Yeah, he wanted to be a starter. Um, moving him to the bullpen. Uh, from what we heard, you know, he was right. not thrilled about it. Uh, I mean, I, I think there was good moments for KK. I like a lot of his stuff, but I, you know, he just, I think he got figured out. I think that's one guy that actually did get figured out by the league. Um, mm. So I, I just don't, I, I don't see him returning. He also had trouble partly because of the league, partly because of his back, partly because of other things. He just didn't, I'd have to go back and look, but he didn't get past the fifth inning very often. Um in fact, he didn't get to the fifth inning. It felt like a, a number of times either, and that's that's hard. Um, you know, you got to get if you're going to be a starting pitcher, you still got to kind of get to that sixth inning mark fairly regularly. Uh, and he didn't, and I think that's one of the reasons they shifted him. Yeah, I I don't I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of interest for them to bring him back. Um, and it would be interesting to see if somebody else tried to pick him up in the big leagues if he was willing to do that. But I kind of feel like there's a good chance that yeah he picks it back goes back home um he's like this isn't this isn't really what i want to do but we'll see um quickly let's hit on the two other big really big names that uh, we're going to be talking about john lester ja hap you know from my point of view i kind of feel like lester is going to retire but you know that's kind of what i'm thinking are you thinking Hmm. that he's ready to do another one I mean, he's still. What is he? How old is he? Thirty. Uh, let me check. I think he'll be thirty-eight, thirty-eight, thirty-nine. Uh, I mean, I, I would say, I would say Hap probably does not return. Um, but I, I don't see why you just don't. If if Lester comes back for one year at a cheap deal, why not? I mean, at the end of the day, you can't have too much pitching. If he if he wants to come back, because like like entering the twenty twenty one season, you know. Everything at first was, uh, you know, was like walking on eggshells, and then it was, oh no, we have zero pitching. So is is pitching, you know, can you ever have too much of it? Absolutely not. So bring him to spring training too. Let's just have a spring training party with all these guys that were uh, <laughs> questioning, and bring him in. And you know, if he wants to throw for us, cool. But yeah, I mean, he had some, he had that injury issue at the latter part of the season. Uh, but I mean. Tito's right, you know, Libertor's knocking on the door, and uh, hopefully they hit the pitching market relatively hard this offseason anyways. But if if he's an option, you know, it wouldn't hurt to bring him back into spring training at minimum. Tito, what do you think? Well, by the way that uh, Dylan Dinger's handing out these uh, spring invites, <laughs> I mean, we might as well invite the all free agents to spring and say, hey, you know what, show up and we'll bring you on board. They're going to run out of numbers at, in spring training. Yeah, right. Um, pretty, hey, as long as somebody shows up with the infin- infinity symbol, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> um, you know, I, yeah, yeah, I, I think. 
Yachty, yeah. Yachty, Yachty probably should put the infinity symbol on. Um, do I bring John Lester back? Look, I, I think Dylan makes a good point here, and the Dodgers are, are walking proof of this right now that you can't have too much pitching. Um, because the fact of the matter is, is, you know, we, we didn't have it early on. We didn't have it in June and that hurt the team the most. Um, and that's why you saw, you know, these moves were made for these kinds of pitchers. You are assuming now you're entering this season with the same assumption you had earlier that you're going to be healthy once again. So it's important for the team not to fall into the same trap. Um, so would it hurt to bring John Lester back if he's willing to give it another go? Uh, no, I, I think he, he I think he did enough to to show you, hey, I can be a number five or a number four um, in front of a, a Dakota Hudson kind of guy. So to offset left and right. Um, but would I be surprised if they didn't bring him back? No, not really. Um, say with, same thing with Jay Jay Happ, right? I think if you're if you're looking for a, a a pitcher to bring back between the two, I'd probably take Lester. Uh, but would I be surprised if neither of them show up or neither of them come back? And uh, no, especially if they have a, a major league offer somewhere else. Um, Diddy, what do you think about Hap? I mean, he got us there. I, I liked personally, and I I'm always the odd man out, but I liked I liked what Wade LeBlanc did. Yeah, I mean, until he got hurt, I was really impressed with him. Honestly, I mean, it literally, the AARP club was literally taking us to the postseason. And <laughs> yeah. you know, outside of the Dodgers, we Dan's probably, a fan of that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He's actually, oh, I'm sorry, we just lost Tito. I don't know. <laughs> he's actually, he's actually yeah. helping uh, his invite to spring that, training gets. Getting that was actually what I recorded on the back end of my KK comment too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, you're, uh, you, you know, you're right. I think, you know, honestly, out of the three, if I was going to bring one of them back, it'd be LeBlanc. Um, Lester, I, again, I still, they kept asking him whether he was going to pitch again and he was really evasive. I think he wants to, I think he's kind of hit that spot. And I mean, you know, he's put in a lot of time. Um, and his number, you know, ERA was better, but a lot of the other numbers were pretty similar. And if they bring the walls in this this offseason, which I don't know if they will or not, but if they do, I think that would not be good for him. And Hap, you know, Hap, I'm kind of, kind of, if they bring him back, fine, but I, I don't necessarily expect a lot from him either. But LeBlanc, I think, with the idea that he could start, he could be a, long, a reliever without much trouble. Um, and again, would be a lesser cost. I think that's if I was to pick one, I think that's where I would go. Yeah. He's just that guy that, you know, we kind of just missed him for a while. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I liked what he did. I really did. Um, I mean, he, he would probably be mine out of the three. Honestly, I didn't want to figure that they had it. He had a contract still with the Cardinals, but um, I figured he was going to be a free agent too. But I mean, I, yeah. he would be my guy to bring back if any of them, honestly, yeah, he's a free agent. He'll be a free agent because they signed him. I think they signed him to a minor league deal in the middle of the season. Um, so he'll be a free agent. And they could, you know, honestly, they might be able to give him that, a similar type of way. I don't know that he did enough that there's going to be a lot of demand for him um, because of his age and his history and things of that nature. But I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them bring him back. Um, you know, the hitting side of things is pretty set unless they, you know, go out and get somebody. I guess the only one that might be worth discussing um, is Paul DeYoung. Paul DeYoung, obviously under contract for next year for 6.1, almost $6.2 million. But, you know, kind of got supplanted by Edmundo Sosa. And I don't know if either one of y'all believe that Edmundo Sosa is for real. Um, I Or you think Paul DeYoung is willing to bounce back or what, but... Uh, Didi, what do you think the future is for Paul DeYoung next year? How, how long do we have? <laughs> I, uh, go however you want. Uh, no, so hey, I had an interesting text I woke up to today um, from somebody saying trade DeYoung for pitching, but I don't know how much value is there, obviously. Um, it wasn't I, I me. Think, no, it was not you. 
Um, but I think there's a – I definitely think, you know, if they can at least get something, even if it's just prospects, do it at this point in time. The Tech's actually said move Edmund to shortstop, Gorman to, to second base. Now, you know, we, we're all predicting that the DH will be in play um, this next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that being said, I don't think Gorman is going to be a bad candidate to come up. Third baseman, second baseman, um, you know, he, he you can shift him around. Um, but I do think you do need to move on from Paul DeYoung. Um, I think it's that time. Uh, change of scenery type of deal. And is Edmundo Sosa the answer? I don't think so. But I, I don't think that – I don't think, honest to God, that Trevor Story is the guy that you need to put all your – everything in a basket for either at this point in time. Tito, where are you at? I I'm gonna have to agree with Dingy on this one. I think um, I I was kind of hoping that maybe the Cardinals would uh, move on from Paul DeYoung in the in the trade deadline, um, possibly in a blockbuster piece to to acquire pitching or another hitter. Um, but but I think the fact of the matter is is you know there's not a lot of value there right now. Um, and I think unless Paul DeYoung were to have a spring out of his mind, um, and translate that into the first few weeks in the season, um, there's just, uh, there's just not a lot of opportunity there for him. I, I think even if the Cardinals didn't go get a shortstop, I would start Edmundo Sosa over Paul DeYoung to begin the year. Um, whether or not Edmundo Sosa is for real or not. Um, I, I would just, I would rely on Edmundo Sosa's capability, um, athleticism and, and just pray that his bat is as good because realistically they're this, they're not necessarily the same profile as hitters, but they're in the same boat. You're they're out there to prove themselves that they actually belong. Um, which is why I would turn to the market to find a shortstop that, can be a proven hitter doesn't have to be a stalwart defensively um you would like them to be a defensive minded shortstop as well though because of the way the cardinals pitchers are and how how the infield is set up um but that is the is a very big concern um can the cardinals get away with edmundo sosa there probably how long i don't know i don't think they could do the same thing with paul DeYoung. Well, I got to feel like Edmundo Sosa's market is, is probably high right now. I mean, higher than it was. I'm not saying that you're going to get anything. I'm just saying in rel- relative to what he is. Obviously, you're not going to go out and trade him for like some frontline starter or anything. But I wonder if if they went out and got a free agent shortstop, if they would then you know, leave DeYoung as the backup and trade Sosa just because they might get a better return. Um, not that I'm necessarily advocating for that because I did like what Sosa brings and I think Sosa even works even better as a backup shortstop. Um, but Didi, does that, does that seem like a possibility? Um, yeah, I mean, anything's a possibility. Yes. Sure. But I don't think, I think, I, I think that Paul DeYoung strikes out too much for me to be a backup, especially mm-hmm. coming off the bench. I like, I like Sosa's speed. I like, mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, speed, and then you add it into his hitting. I just like everything that Sosa brings to the table. But, you know, if you're looking to make a huge run this year, you know, you need to get somebody in there. If, if he is going to play cool, but I don't think, I don't think DeYoung is going to be your guy, especially off the bench. I just think strikeout rates way too high. Yeah. The power numbers are there, but I just don't think it's, it'd be good off the bench for the Cardinals moving forward. Yeah. And that, that makes sense. You're right. I, I don't like his strikeout rate either, which is one of the reasons he's not starting anymore either. Uh, I, I think it's, if he could make a little bit more contact, he'd have a better case. All right, we're reaching the end of, of our hour, but uh, i give you all a chance, either Tito or, or, or Didi, we'll start with Tito. Is there anybody that we haven't talked about tonight that you'd like to talk about uh, before we wrap it up? Yeah, Yadier Molina. Oh goodness gracious! <laughs> Come on, what, what? I'm just saying. I just I think. It, uh, what about Benji Molina? How about that uh, report from uh, Greg Amzinger saying that uh, they wanted he 
he would pick Benji Molina to manage the Cardinals. I mean, um, I, I kind of like Amazinger, but it also proves that you don't necessarily have to know all the teams to be on the <laughs> TV. Yeah. That seemed I, like an absolutely terrible idea to me. I just, I couldn't believe it to be honest. I was actually listening to the radio when he said that. And I just thought to myself, huh, I could probably reach out to Benji right now and just say, Hey, <laughs> is, is this happening or not? Yeah, and just be done with it. But uh, no, I, you know, I think we've covered a, a good amount of players. Uh, you know, this team has a lot to to, to ponder in the next uh, several weeks. And I think, you know, priority number one is find your manager, set the tone, let the, let the players know that this is this is we mean business. And, and to Dinger's point, when we were talking about Paul DeYoung and whether the team is in this win now mode, they absolutely are. They don't really have a choice after what you know after what the front office has done with Mike Schilt. Uh, you know, letting go of him, as I've said before, is a as big of a I am in a win now mode as I have ever seen the club uh, portray, um, and maybe even bigger than trading for Nolan Arnado. So set the tone, get your manager, and then we can we can worry about who's coming in and who's going out. That's pretty pretty makes a lot of sense. Um, DD, is there anybody you want to touch on besides Jody or Molina um, uh, before we wrap this up? Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, Juan Yepes is absolutely going to be a monster, and I think him figuring things out this year. Um, he and I, I, I'm profiling him as a designated hitter. Um, I don't think mm. the speed's really there, but uh, oh, we have a lot of great young ball players um, in the organization coming up. And I think, I think this is one of them that they can't let go. Um, and I think there's a bright future ahead for him. So um, as long as he keeps raking and Lars Newbar keeps raking, you know, even if these are guys coming off the bench or going to be designated hitter roles, I mean, the future's bright in St. Louis. We just got to keep it, keep it forward. Yeah. Yeah. Yepes really needs that DH spot because he's not going to play first base with, no. with Paul Goldschmidt there, at least not for no. a couple of years. So, um, but it does feel like that's a, a real good possibility. Um, all right. Well, guys, what's the plan for the podcast over the winter? Are y'all planning a, you know, just kind of whenever, whenever the motivation strikes, or are you thinking a, a kind of regular, uh, regular schedule? Um, uh, well, as soon as things start really putting into motion, we're going to start hitting it harder. Um, I've got somebody going to join us back again here sometime soon. Um, that's been on before. Um, but I'm going to hit it hard this winter. Uh, well, we both are. Tito actually is, uh, majoring in, in art to, uh, build us a new logo, which actually looks <laughs> really good. Um, but yeah, probably not on a regular basis, especially with how winter usually is. But, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, we're definitely going to hit it hard uh, as soon as uh, things start rolling out and um, we'll be covering everything that we can. I need to talk to my agent and see if my contract <laughs> is, uh, is there. I mean, he mentioned my artwork and, you know, I don't give these things for free. So I need to I really need to talk to my agent about uh, uh, signing a new deal and, and making sure I, I get the luxuries that I deserve. Um, I thought you had to pay people for your artwork. Hey, not, I pay for everything. Tito's not that, giving me a cent. So that's he's being not true. paid. That's not he's true. being paid. That's not true. Um, no, yeah, I, completely in on, you know, I'm going to uh, take a different route than the Cardinals did and say I'm on board with what uh, my manager says here. Uh, whenever the podcast is ready to roll, um, Whenever there's big news, we'll, we'll we'll be ready to strike as we always do. Yeah, well, guys, like I say, if you're not following, you know, Dylan Dinger and Travera Tops and uh, the Turn Into podcast and subscribe to it, just do that um, because you'll don't want to miss out on, on what these guys are, are doing and how much they're arguing with each other. Um, because I think that's you know that's key to any good podcast. Uh, you it's know, healthy. 
Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, glad y'all joined us tonight. And, uh, you know, next week, uh, Alan, hopefully be back. Uh, and we'll hopefully maybe we'll have some, uh, different news or we'll just talk about Mike Schilt again. Who knows? But, uh, anyway, (laughs) until next week for these guys, I'm Daniel. Good night.